Tita Gita out of Thank God it's first Friday. Hello, everybody. I am Brother Deacon Luke Rowicki. And I am just Brother Andrew Tory. Which <laughs> <laughs> is T I F. F. Yeah, this is the still, we're now in season three, episode number two. And we've got another jingle for you. Can you believe it, folks? We're already in season three. This is amazing. Please share with your friends. Help us to bring the joy of Jesus to other people, how God is acting in our lives. Anyways, Brother Luke, that was a terrible segue into what you just said. Let's give them the jingle. <laughs> it, is, it is true to think that, like, it seems like just yesterday, you know, we were just beginners of this podcast. We were, I remember we had my cell phone and we just started recording that first episode and it sounded really bad. It's called How Now Brown Cow. <laughs> and it's like seven now, minutes long. Now we've got professional logo. We've got like hundreds of sponsors. We've got like hundreds. They, they invited us to the, what was it? The the summit on climate control, but we're not able to make it. So <laughs> a lot of exciting things happening, you know? Um, but no, we have a jingle and I'm going to ask brother Andrew to start us off. If you've lost the fun, try Formula One. Ooh, I like it, Brother Luke. And so that jingle kind of introduces what we're going to talk about this month on this month's episode, because we all, we live in a crazy world and uh, we talked about last month how we can fall into ruts and routines and Formula One, as you know, is this, this uh, sport where you go super fast in these and these cars that are built for speed, they have amazing traction, so they like hug the roads. And there's also a big hype here in Mexico where Brother Andrew was and where I am about Checo Perez, who's the driver for Red Bull, and his face is on commercials and billboards everywhere. He's a Formula One driver from Mexico, uh, having great success. And this idea of Formula One uh, sort of sums up what. Uh, this kind of message you want to speak about, which is instead of living in routine, you have to get out of your comfort zone. And so you're going to find that the title is not formula O N E, but formula W O N W O N. How do we win the race? What is the race? Uh, am I part of that race? What direction am I supposed to go in? If I want to compete? Am, in the I, am I even in a race? We're going to talk about that. Um, brother Andrew, you just arrived to Rome, am I correct? You are correct, Deacon Luke. I am back in Rome. I just spent a month in Mexico. <laughs> all the rooms of the seminary. Right. So they look, if you've seen one room, you've seen them all. But That's right. Yeah. That's a pretty, those of you who are seeing the video here, I'm actually using an, an abandoned room. So we've got a few dusty books on the counter there and on the shelves there. And then some random computer chairs that I found in this room that are really dirty. And... A nice plastic covering for the mattress. So it's an abandoned room here. We, 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 need, to, we need to fill up a little We need more vocations. We need to pray for vocations of the priesthood. Yes, we do. That's for another episode. That's for every episode. Just people, if you're listening to this, pray for vocations. That's right. Uh, so, Brother Andrew, we uh, heard last time on last episode about you giving this talk to some university students, some incoming freshmen to the Nahuac University your whole speech was something like taking advantage of your four years. It sounded a lot better than that, I'm sure. 
but how was your experience now that like you talked to us? Okay, this is what I'm going to do. Now you've done it, and you're back in Rome. Uh, Dunque hermeneutic, your experience of Mexico. I don't know what. How would you sum that up? Like with you know related to Formula One, because if you've lost the fun, try some Formula One. Great impression, brother Luke. Indeed. Um, well, Formula One is all about. Well, there's two things there, right? It's like we need the right um, food and nourishment to keep going on our journey, right? Like Saint Paul says, you know, I've kept the good fight. I've fought the or whatever, I can't, I don't know what he said. <laughs> he said something about winning the race, right? <laughs> That's what we're talking about, folks, right? St. Paul, look it up. Those of you who don't know your Bibles, it's right. Me included, you gotta look it up. Um, we're, we're, in a, we're in a race, we're in a, we're in a battle, we're in a spiritual spiritual combat. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we have to, that we have to fight for in this world, right? Uh, both in a negative sense and in a good sense, right? There's, there's, there's both aspects. So the Formula One is like getting the right nourishment, right? Um, but it's also about going in, okay, once you got the right nourishment, you need to get in the race. You need to, you need to, you need to go out, you need to go fast. You need to have the right type of car. You need to have the right type of equipment. You need to have the right type of gas. You need to have all these, a lot of elements. Right. Um, and, and so I was just in Mexico now and, um, I realized that, you know, my surroundings changed obviously right in a new country and, what I, what I loved about Mexico is, um, now that I'm back in Rome, thinking about that experience, I love the people. The people are so welcoming. They are, they're very generous. Um, they're very um, just simple down to earth uh, people. And they're very, unlike, so I've lived in Europe the past 12 years and really has been here in Europe for a while too. The people here are also warm, but they, I found that they don't, they don't open up as fast as, as fast as Mexicans do, right? Um, so, so I, that, that hit me about Mexico. Um, there are some things that you know were uncomfortable for me about living in Mexico for a month, and I realized that um, you know, Dunque hermeneutic, like what God is telling me in, in this event in my life, that He doesn't want me to care about things that are just not so important. He wants me to care about the essentials. He wants me to have the right ingredients so that I can live the, the race of my vocation with a top speed and, and going fast and not worrying about, you know, a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, that's, that's kind of like a general, general look at, you know, formula, formula wanting my experience is like realizing, okay, it's not so much about, uh, well, I'll just be honest, like what made me uncomfortable about Mexico um, was the roads. The roads are awful. The roads are awful in Mexico. There's so many potholes. <laughs> and there's also so many speed bumps because people in Mexico don't obey laws. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm just like generalizing here. I'm like, I'm sure the Mexicans will be first to laugh. Uh, I love you guys. But they don't obey laws. So what people do is they put a bunch of speed bumps because they won't obey the stop sign. And so you have, to, you have to break for speed bump, right? And other things, you can't drink the tap water because you don't sure if it's contaminated. Um, there's cables everywhere because people steal electricity. And so there's tons of cables. Um, every house and every building is sort of like custom built. And so there's no like um, urban planning really. It's sort of like everybody just kind of does their own thing. And like sometimes the space of sidewalk that your house has doesn't match up with the sidewalk that's ne next door. So it's kind of like unleveled. There's just like a bunch of little things that that sort of like, man, like, I don't like this. 
But then I realized that, hey, Andrew, you're a missionary. Like, that's not, that's, that you need to be ready to go wherever you're sent. And it's good that also you experience things that are outside of your comfort zone, because that means that I can, you know, imagine God, you know, telling me, because that means I can take, I can take those attachments away from you. Like, I don't, you don't need you don't, you can adapt. You don't need the comforts of, you know, whatever you don't, you don't need that. What you need is to give yourself totally to your mission, focus on the essentials, put me at the center of your life and give me to other people. You know, that's what he, that's what he wants. And so I, and, and it, sometimes it, you know, it requires a little pinch, you know, a little tug at your heart. Um, blessed be God because you know, that Jesus, you know, the son of man had nowhere to lay his head. Right. Um, Right. So yeah, so Formula Oneing my experience, you know, Dunkway, applying the Dunkway hermeneutic. That's what that's what I'm getting out of this. You know, going out of my comfort zone, but but then daring greatly to do great things. And I wanna I wanna ask you because the theme of daring greatly came up because of another uh, speech of FDR. We're gonna talk about that hopefully in a little bit. Um, but there's something that popped in my head as you were speaking. Uh, you just okay, you disappeared. Now you're back. Um, so you disappeared again. I'm not sure. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to figure out how to do this. Okay. All right. I'm back. <laughs> difficulties, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's part of life. So uh, you said fast and you said essential. And both of those things, I think, go very well with Formula One being part of a race. Um, one of the things that just, okay, the essential aspect. Um, like a lot of times in our lives, we maybe we, we start piling up things or hobbies or we just get distracted with a bunch of other things. And I would think that's a formula done, like a formula to lose. Because mm, if, yeah. you, if you don't kind of have a focused desire and end for your life, uh, you're gonna go in all these different directions and get nowhere. And I was listening to a podcast of these two like DJ guys that they're, they live in Hollywood and the movie scene is obviously big there, but also like the music scene. And so they have, they're constantly getting contracted by big artists to mix their recording, um, their songs and their albums. And mixing is just like when you, yeah, you take the product, the raw product, and you turn it into something amazing and beautiful. So, and they were saying that, um, and I was listening to that because one of the very exciting projects we have here in Mexico, in Monterrey, where I'm working, is we're gonna start, we've started a recording studio and we're going to start a band with the middle school and high school boys um, to evangelize the world through music because it's this this means that everyone every day is is in touch with is music and so and has there's so many elements the beauty aspect the message you can give through lyrics there's so much there um, so much potential to bring Christ into the world so I was listening to this podcast to try to learn more about the production side of things and they were saying you just at some point you have to stop and just do one thing you can't produce music record music mix and master music because you're never gonna you're never gonna be anybody but if you want to get somewhere in your career you have to do one thing and that's you know you have to get to a point where you just all i do is mix and so artists will look for me because i'm known for this one aspect along this you know whole process of you know creating this album and i think that that applies if we do a hermeneutic our own lives um what you're saying is like essentially okay maybe there's a lot of things in my life that are on like i'm uncomfortable with so if i'm married and there's like something that my spouse does uh, that just rubs me the wrong way. Like maybe the way that when I'm talking to her, she clicks her heels like Wendy from the Wizard. <laughs> Wendy, <laughs> what is that from? Wizard of Oz? Is it Wendy? No. What is her name? No, Dorothy. Dorothy is her name. 
<laughs> Wendy. <laughs> Wait, that's, that's, that's the restaurant chain. <laughs> yeah, well, there's also some there's also some fine, uh, friendly people in the world named Wendy, but uh, <laughs> and, and movie actresses, I'm sure. So, but um, like you, there's so, like certain things that are gonna rub you the wrong way. They're gonna bother you about like at work or at school. But when you go out to what's essential, like Brother Andrew said, like we're missionaries, and so if you send me tomorrow to Japan and I'm not a big fan of sushi or something. Like at some point to say, well, Lord, you know what? I, I didn't join the Legion to eat well. Like I didn't to eat beef all the time. I, I it doesn't matter what I eat because that's not essential to who I am. And so remembering where we came from, our vocation will help us remind us, you know, and give us the energy to get to where we're going, where, where we need to be going. Um, and exactly, exactly. And I, I would say. Yeah, like exactly what you were just saying. Like folks, we need to we need to anticipate as much of eternity as we can now. Because if we if we want to spend a long time in purgatory, this is what we can do. We can be attached to many things in life. That's what we should do. If we want to spend a long time in purgatory, we should try to be as attached as possible to all of our preferences, to living comfortably to not getting out of our comfort zone, to just, you know, wanting my will all the time, wanting everything to be the way I want it, and, you know, being impatient. Like, if we want to be in a long time in purgatory, that's the program to follow. But if we, if we want to get ready for heaven, then we need to enter uh, with bravery into this process of being stripped, Okay. And being stripped is painful, right? Um, it's, it's like you're being stripped naked, you know, and maybe somebody else is going to see you and you're embarrassed, but, but you need to do that. We need to be stripped. We have to be stripped of everything that is not God. Basically. I mean, that's, that's basically St. John of the cross, who is a very challenging mystic. Um, he says that, uh, like, if you want to, if you want to be something in life, resolve to be nothing. Okay. And that's just a, that's just a fancy way of saying, like, we can we have to get rid of all of our attachments. That doesn't mean that we can't like things, right? Like I love, um, paid payday candy bars. I just got, um, I just, I just, I was just in the airport and my parents had gave me some money and I bought like 10, 10 payday candy bars. So it doesn't mean that you can't, it means it doesn't mean you can't, uh, you know, like things, you know, um, you know, everybody like brother looks great at singing. He likes listening to music. He's, he's good. I mean, those are good things, you know, or, or things that, like whatever. Um, but we can't be attached to, to things like I need to have this or it needs to be my, no, because that's not essential. What's essential is that you love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. And you love your neighbor as yourself. And your neighbor is your family, your husband, your wife, your kids, people at work, your friends, your enemies, everybody that God puts in your life. Those are the essential things. And who knows when we're going to die? Because we might be at 30, 50, 100, who knows? But the faster that we can put on, the faster we can swallow the, the, the formula that we need, this, you know, the formula one, the, the more prepared we're going to be for heaven. Yeah. And I was thinking too, like the, so the, okay, would you agree the race that we're talking about here, but the race that St. Paul is talking about is, the race of God's love or the race of communion with God or the race of heaven. Like, would you agree with that? I I think I would agree with that. <laughs> so 
if I had a beard, I'd be stroking right now. So because <laughs> I say that because another, it's the race, but it's also what makes, I mean, maybe, I guess that makes sense, but it, it's what gives everything else. It puts everything else in its place. It gives, makes sense of everything. Cause I was thinking, uh, totally. you have things in your past that maybe are tough or you have like things in your life right now that just don't make sense. You're like, well, how does that fall into place? Like, where is that coming from? And like, you maybe have doubts about, okay, is, is this coming from God or how do I, and like when we discern, we always have to start from this race is also the basis of everything. So maybe it's like, it's the goal. Man, that's what I was trying to get at. It's the goal, but it's also the foundation of everything. Because if there's certain things in my life that I separate from this foundation, which is God's love. And like, we're made by God's love for God's love in God's love, everything. Then I don't know the, the checkered parts of my past, the confusing things about my present, the doubts about my future, all that fits in perfectly. Uh, that is the formula W O N the formula one. Like your, if your life becomes, uh, confusing or humdrum or, it's because maybe you've lost sight of not only the race, but like the vehicle you're supposed to be in, which is also God's love and the protection you're put around your body in case like there was this really nasty accident. And like, I think a week ago that if they hadn't put in this new part of protection that the driver has, I think it's behind his seat, but it kind of comes up above his head. If they hadn't put that in the wheel of another car that ended up on top of this other, this driver, if they hadn't put that part of the protection in, he would have like been decapitated by the wheel of this other car. And so oh like, if we go through life without that kind of protection, without that lens, without that helmet and the car and the structure of the car, which is just believing and trusting and experiencing God's love, then we're not going to get anywhere because we're going to be, we're going to veer off. We're going to flip and we're going to be done for. And like, we're just not going to know we're going to be sprawled out on the ground and like, okay, I'm finished. Like race is over for me, but no. God's love is the race. Brother Andrew agree with that. But it's also like the foundation. It's the vehicle. It's, it's, uh, it's, if you've lost the fun, rise in formula one, it is the formula one. And brother Andrew, uh, you mentioned this daring greatly speech and without repeating what we've already said, how do you like, what, what other aspect of formula one do you think that presents? So I'm going to disappear for a moment on the video and I'm going to go and look at this. Okay. And this is an awesome. This is a, this is a speech given by Theodore Roosevelt. Okay. So not FDR, but his, I think it was his uncle, Theodore Roosevelt. Ah, Theodore. And, okay. Exactly. And so Theodore Roosevelt is describing um, this guy who enters into an arena and, and he's, and he's fighting and he's, he's sweating and, um, it's not, I'm not, it's not, I'm not sure if he's like fighting a person, but he's like, he's like getting in, he's, he's diving into this struggle right in front of everybody. Okay. And so let me just read this to you because this is just so much better than anything I could say. Uh, the president says it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, 
who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. So chew on those words for, for a second. It's, uh, it's pretty, pretty deep what, um, what Theodore Roosevelt says, you know, we don't know if our lives are going to end in the type of success that we want. We just don't know. Um, maybe there's something that we're going to be struggling with throughout our entire lives. Maybe something unexpected is going to happen, right? We don't know. The future is in God's hands and he loves us and he makes all things um, turn to the good, you know, for those, for those who love him. So that's our big hope and our big trust. But we, we don't know what's going to happen, but we do know that we got to get into the race. We got to get into the fight because that's somebody who really lives, who's really alive, who's really, um, who, who lives deeply and who's, who's not going to accept, you know, just a humdrum, you know, routine sort of like lack, you know, lackadaisical type of life. No, somebody who gets in that arena and who fights, right, who gets into the race, and like you're saying, Brother Luke, it's about the vehicle that you're in. You know, you can't take on this, you know, clunky machine that is just, you know, terrible for like aero, aerodynamics or whatever. You know, you, have, you need something slim, something that's fast, something that has the right type of wheels. You need, you need a lot of different ingredients, you know, for, for the right formula. You, you, and, 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 and life is about sort of fine tuning that, right? Like, obviously, you can't just take it all at once right you, you, you we sort of discover throughout life and that's something something i've been doing like i realize as i as i as i'm getting older you know um every year it's like i learn something new about myself and like oh yeah like this is you change this or man i was attached to to my ego there or gee whiz like i didn't realize you know how much like lust or i didn't realize this and like yeah i need to so it's we're always fine-tuning things mm -hmm. um but the point is get in the race find the right formula and and fight and there, there's actually i'm glad you just mentioned that because the other day i had like this like uh just this light bulb moment in my in my prayer and i was sort of actually just kind of cleaning my room but i was thinking why is this bothering me so much so basically what happened is uh i'm a deacon Woo, big deal right so i'm a deacon which means i've been a brother for 12 years or at least in my case and now i've been sent i've finished the study part portion of our formation and now i've been sent to do ministry and I was, I'm sent to this Monterey where there's priests, but there's also brothers. And so there's brothers that you could say like are behind me or are younger than me. And they're, they should like, you know, they shouldn't know as much maybe as I, I should be like the wise one, the one that has all the answers. Right. And the other day I was kind of like corrected, but well, not corrected, but just like, Oh, Hey, this would be better if it's done this way by a brother who's been here longer than me. And it bothered me. And I, I answered him like as nicely as I could, but I was thinking like, why did that bother me so much? Like, it doesn't make sense that like, He's been uh, like, but I think it's because I kind of expect you kind of maybe you have certain expectations for yourself or it's just, I mean, literally it's, it's pride, but I was thinking how, how dumb of a thing, but how subtly it got, like got me yeah. off, veering off the path of the race, which is, I want to live this mission out to the full. Like, just like what Andrew was talking about in Mexico. Like if you're put off by the sidewalks being, you know, an, an inch higher, one or the other, like that. <laughs> That stops you from, you know, living out your mission, which is something completely different, which is preaching the word and, and getting this message out that God loves you to all these people in the university and, you know, and, and other messages too. Uh, 
how stupid and and i was saying like thank yeah. you give me that idea that light bulb moment and like i think that only comes if you have silence in life so we all we talk about this a lot too we talk about a couple of different yeah. things we talk about duke Gray hermeneutic we always talk about bishop baron we also talk about yeah. silence. and yeah. silence is key because it's kind of like if you don't have silence i'm trying to make a, a quick analogy on the spot here if you don't have silence you're like a formula one driver okay if you don't have silence you're like a formula one driver that is on his own instead of having a whole team of people behind him that are telling him hey this turning to take it at this speed hey you need to stop yeah wheels hey there's a puddle coming up you need to do this whatever you're on you're completely on your own and eventually everyone else is going to pass you because they have the advantage of having eyes up at the top of the stadium the people on the ground that are helping them um that's sort of an obvious analogy but <laughs> the point is it came to me that i was <laughs> i was veering off the side of the road and for some a really a really dumb reason a really uh trivial matter that uh really like, I, I can laugh about a couple of days later now but at the moment it was like under my skin i was like like uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. and at first like your first reaction is like i can't believe you said that to me or like i could do this better or like he doesn't know and then like oh my goodness so dumb like god sent me here with all this whole team of brothers and priests and like if i was on my own i i wouldn't even know where to start so thank god that <laughs> i'm not here on my own and um yeah somehow that fit into what you were saying about like the battle but um like oh, oh yeah, yeah that was great. get us out of the battle that are really dumb so you have to be focused on hey i want to be in the arena and not just a bystander up in the stands like you know correcting from the stands because that's that's lame that's boring like maybe you feel good about yourself but in the end you're not the guy with the lance and there's no glory in just being a guy with the with the smoothie in your hand or the popcorn right so exactly Folks, no smoothies, no popcorn. We want sweat and blood and dust and tears. For yes. Luke, I have a question for you. So say somebody who's listening, like, you know, I've got, okay, I've got the Formula One. I've got the Formula One. I've got the car. I know where I'm headed. I know what the goal is. But I just feel like I've run out of gas. Like, I feel like I've run out of gas and it's hard to keep going or... I just don't know if I have the guts in it to me to like get in that arena or to, or to put the pedal to the metal. Like what, what would you say to somebody who feels like, you know, in that situation, like out of gas, no, no courage left in the heart. What do they do? I might start to like uh, tap my foot, snap like that. And I'd say, if you've lost the fun, try some formula one. If that didn't work, (laughs) then I might, and I might try something else, which would be, reminding that person okay first stop stop everything because you don't want to live another second another moment like that yeah you don't want to keep going through the motions like oh eventually i'll figure it out eventually my life will be better no 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 no. stop and say okay how do i get to this point and there's this famous ted talk that i know everyone knows but it's really good and i went back to it recently um because i gave like a little short motivational speech to these three um college age guys are living with me in our house the missionaries redding christian missionaries in mexico called the colaboradores and i was saying okay there's no point in being here this year if you're organizing all these activities and they're all turn out really well but you don't know why you're here and so simon sinek gave this t- gives this tedx talk and he like he started this whole yeah. foundation and stuff like it's huge as a website all these things about like the why the, the why being so important and so i would say to that person but angel it's a great question i would say stop cancel everything if that's possible that's what simon sinek says 
But the important thing is that I'm, I don't want to live another moment doing the what. So it's like the three circles. There's the what, which is the big thing, like what you're doing. There's the how, which is, okay, I wake up in the morning at this time and then I have a bowl of Wheaties and I, okay, like the, the, there's the how, like how I get to the, to do the what that I'm doing. But then the, beneath that and much more important and essential is the why. And so he was this, you know, a successful businessman. And on the surface and on paper, he should have been very happy. And he said, I was so unhappy. I had the friends, I had the money, I had the, the trips to the Bahamas and everything, but I was so unhappy because I didn't know what I, why I was doing what I was doing. And there's, whether we, whether we uh, realize it or not, or want to re- recognize this, we're made for more than going through the motions. We're made for more than anything that this material world, this like physical stuff can offer us. And so if we forget the why, which is what we've been saying, the whole race analogy, then yeah, you're going to feel like you've run out of gas. And so instead of, instead of despairing and saying, okay, well, I've tried everything. No, like go back to what's essential. Um, prayer, I would say, go back to what's essential. Um, find a community that's going to help motivate you to look for that why, which is, has to be found in God and in something, uh, transcendent, not just from this world. And, uh, and tell somebody, I think that's really important too. Like sometimes, sometimes we're ashamed of speaking about like our feeling inadequate and things like that. Don't be just open up to someone. And even just like that experience of like being heard, being listened to being loved will get, will like, will definitely fill up that tank. Um, brother Andrew, let me think of a good question for you since you just put me on the spot. So, um, (laughs) Let's let's say uh, you have been living your last years of your life trying to fulfill people's expectations. You've done a good job. You've made a name for yourself. Uh, and then you find yourself sort of at this point in your life where you're just like, all that was a waste or like it doesn't matter. Like uh, it's all for nothing because I still like I look in the mirror and I know who I am. I know exactly who I am. Um, what would you say to that person if they're named Wendy? Well, I would say, look, Wendy, blessed be God that you've realized that because that is, that is the voice of the Holy spirit speaking to you. Um, whenever there's a, whenever our lives are off track and we hear an inner voice somehow that makes us a little bit uncomfortable that comes from the Holy Spirit. And also like a corollary to that, or like another rule that's similar to that is whenever your life is on track and whenever you're loving God as best you can, and you hear a voice that makes you uncomfortable, usually that's not from the Holy Spirit. That's from, that's from the devil or it's from a temptation. It could be from you. whatever. So you're uh, like the person you described, Wendy, right? You, Wendy. So you are, you've been filling people's expectations and it, you just feel like, like what's, what the heck is all this for? Well, you're right. I mean, like Jesus said, you know, what does it profit a man to win the whole world, but forfeit his soul. Right. You know, you could be the best in everything. Like you could, like, I don't know. I'm just thinking of, of, of me, like vain and desires that I have. Like you could be the most followed priest on Instagram. You could, be the most attractive person you could hire you could you could all these people want to listen to you and people come to you for advice and oh you're so wise and i just i thank you so much like 
you could just fulfill all those worldly desires. But in the end, if you don't have like what you were just saying, Deacon, like if you don't have that really solid why, then of course you're going to feel empty. And it's essential to discover that why. I was telling these, I was, um, I'll, now I'll shift to Deacon. I'm, uh, thank you, Wendy. Um, so um, Deacon, when I was, uh, when I was in Mexico now, um, I was giving this talk, right, to these, to these freshmen. I gave it, I gave it about 20 or 25 times. This talk. Um, it got better and better. And uh, it was challenging to be enthusiastic every single time, but, but I think it pulled it off. And there was one point where I referenced uh, the Canadian psychologist, clinical psychologist, Jordan Peterson. Uh, he's very wise. I really recommend him. But Luke Rex recommends him. He's great. He says that in life, you can't do anything you want, you know, because we're all, we all have limitations. You can't, um, you can't decide what job you want, you know, necessarily, because that depends on a lot of factors. You, you don't decide where you're born. You don't decide, you know, there's tons of things that we don't decide. And, but one thing that we can have in life for sure, for sure is suffering. And he says, um, he says that life is suffering, which is an interesting discussion, you know, maybe for another podcast, but he looks at life in terms of suffering. And he says that if somebody is really, is really like the worst tragedy, like some unexpected illness, some betrayal, whatever, terrible, terrible, terrible tragedy. But if you're in that moment, if you're able to identify a meaning that is undergirding your existence, who you are at the core, if you can identify that then you can look at that suffering in the eye and say, hey, you're really tough, you're hell, I hate you, but I can, I can bear with you for now because I have something that's deeper in me. And I would just repeat to Wendy, uh, Deacon, what, what you just said, you know, you gotta identify that why. You have, why am I doing this? Why do I go to church on Sunday? Is it just to check off the box? Why am I nice to my uh, annoying husband when he speaks to me this way why am i why do i smile at this person who annoys me like why do i do the why like if, if we don't have a why if we're just going through the motions and of course we're going to be empty and so those empty moments are an invitation like you just said to to find out what that why is and and, the, and for our race the formula one the ra any race is about the destination hmm. and i think everybody knows what that is okay d uh dumb example uh, but hopefully motivational for Wendy, although Wendy is out there is <laughs> I was, I was in the car with, uh, shout out brother, Peter Fagan. He's Woo! been here in Monterey for about a month and he's been visiting various people who, who, uh, give funds to our seminary, who, who support us. And I, I was telling him, you know what, something I've, and I, I said this kind of thinking he's going to think like, that's really dumb, but he actually understood me. And so I'm going to try it again. So, uh, I told him, like last maybe year of my life, whenever I go to a restaurant, I order what I want. And I, I was like, that's obvious. Like, doesn't everyone always do that? But I think for me, it's like been kind of like eye-opening is because to order what you want, you have to know what you want. And to know what you want, you have to kind of go deep and you have to have, I mean, experiences will help you with that. But like certain times you look at the menu and maybe you want to play it safe. So like, I want this other thing, but I'm going to play it safe and just get the cheeseburger or um, like, or yeah, you just, I don't know, you're used to, you're getting to a routine. You kind of just do the same thing each time. 
Um, but when you do take the time to really ask yourself why I'm doing the things I want to do, you're going to also like be on this road to self-discovery. Uh, for, the, for example, I went to this, um, they have these really cool like popsicles in Mexico. I don't think we have quite the selection in the States. So I, we went to this place and they had like 30 options of these popsicles that are kind of, they look like they're homemade sort of. And you like, they have these uh, ice coolers uh, strewn out across the store. And you look down, there's all these different colors, like every color you can think of. And there was this popsicle that was yellow with like this red uh, blotch in the middle. And for some reason it caught my eye. And like, it didn't, it wasn't like, I mean, I, would, I, I said, what, what flavor is that? And so it's mango with tamarindo, tamarindo. And, and I was like, well, I've never had it, but it, for some reason right now, it sounds really good. And it, it was just like being in touch with myself in that moment. That's why this is what I thought, like, <laughs> weird. but like, I got it and it was so satisfying and like it was hot outside and like it had this mango flavored, like with chili kind of tamarindo is kind of like this chili, uh, sauce kind of thing. And, um, so I put it on this popsicle and it was so good. And so for all the Wendy's out there, I just say like the, like if you do stop to ask yourself these questions that we're, we're talking about today, like the formula one W O N to win the race, to be a part of the race, not to be in the stands, not to play it safe, but to dare greatly. You're in for a treat. You're in for a mango tamarindo popsicle that you would never have imagined order. You would have always gone with the fudgesicle because that's safe. Like you're always going to enjoy it. But it's not gonna like fill you. It's not gonna be perfect for that moment. Like that is exactly yeah. what I wanted. And I've also I've like I don't know if my brother listens to this podcast or not, but always <laughs> I'm sure he does. My first question in at a restaurant for drinks is um is less strawberry lemonade. And like it's something that I've just like realized I really like strawberry lemonade. And not everyone has it, but if they do have it, I'm getting it. Like it's I'm already sold. So it's kind of like knowing what you want. And going for it, and it sounds obvious, but you have to be in touch with yourself, know your why, and then life in small ways, but also in much more important ways than just getting a strawberry lemonade. Uh, it, yeah, yeah it, it multiplies the the goodness and the abundance and the and the grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And about about you know going deeper into this into this why, you know, question the uh, like like we need to educate our whys, like the reasons why we do things. One lesson that contemporary society teaches us is that like whatever desires that we have are great, follow them, follow your dreams, right? And there are, there are good elements in that, obviously, right? Of course, we want people to do what they're passionate about, right? Um, of course, we want, we want to see a woman president one day, you know? Obviously, these are good things, right? It's not like, but there are, there's also a negative aspect to it, and that's making ourselves the only criterion of of what's good for our lives, right? And what Jesus invites us is, okay, like you do need a why that it's in your life. Like you need, you need, you need a deep reason and let me give you that reason, you know? You know, you can try to find it on your own and you'll have some great insights, but ultimately that, that the why that undergirds who we are, like the ultimate one that addresses the toughest questions, especially the question of suffering, of innocent suffering, that why comes from Jesus, right? And maybe it's not a clear-cut answer. He doesn't give us a, you know, a clear-cut answer in the Gospels of like, why do good people suffer, right? But he suffered. And he, he actually won the formula for us on his cross, right? That's the formula to win any race, is to embrace the events of our lives that happen to us, 
tragic, joyful as they may as they come, to embrace them out of love and to offer them to Him. Right? That's the He's the only person in history who's who's given a satisfying answer to that question without answering it. And he's just he just embraces it and he takes it on because he knows that since he's God and man, he is going to burst open those gates of heaven for people. And if we somehow, if the Holy Spirit somehow enlightens us, you know, and pray God that he does, um, then we'll know how to connect our own lives to his, to his redemptive sacrifice, which is the ultimate, which gives the ultimate meaning to our lives. And, and, and it really, it, it just makes you, it gives you so much peace because, because you're, you'll be prepared to accept any type of suffering when you have Jesus. And that's, that also goes right hand in hand with what Jordan Peterson said is unavoidable is suffering in your life or however you put it, however he put it. But yeah, uh, there's also something very unavoidable too. And that's that we'll never be alone in our suffering. Like what you were just saying. Yeah. Key. So like add those two things together and you don't have to worry about future crosses that you'll have to have to carry in your life because what's even more sure because suffering, yeah, they come and go. It's not like we're a hundred percent of the time suffering. There's people that have terrible suffering, physical, mental, and everything else, like just situations in their lives that are really tough. But it's not 100% of the time for anyone. And for most of us, it's life is okay. Like his life is pretty good. But what is 100% right. of the time is that God loves us and he will never abandon us. And he's, and sometimes I get messages from people on Instagram. They'll ask me for prayers. And they some like I got one kind of from this guy who seemed angry that I, I couldn't like snap my fingers and change his life for him. But he was saying like, why does God hate me? Why does he abandon me? Why is like, why do good things happen to certain people, not other people and all these things. And I tried to answer him as best I could without having any idea who this guy is or about his story. And he like messaged you back, like, thanks for nothing kind of thing. And I was, and yeah, like it's, I don't know. It's, it's hard sometimes to see that God loves you and to know that he has a plan, but that's faith. Like faith is believing when we don't see and hold on like if you're in the, if you're kind of like that person i was just mentioning or if your name's wendy hold on to like to <laughs> that faith because god is there he's with you he's right now he's there at your side that's right amen i don't know i i can't add anything to that that was pure wisdom from from the ordained co-host no 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 oh that's holy spirit man <laughs> uh, well brother andrew uh, I love your conclusion, concluding gauntlets that you throw down. So, uh, <laughs> I think I've thrown down a lot of gauntlets today. <laughs> well, maybe throw down a gauntlet prayer, maybe a prayer of uh, to ask for wisdom for all those listening to this podcast. Why don't you do that? And then that and sounds, then, that uh, sounds awesome. Uh, yeah. Amen. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, we ask you to enlighten us in each of our situations. We ask you to to breathe new life into our lungs, into our minds, into our hearts, to help us to recognize your voice. We ask you to, to take possession of our souls, to, to be the sweet guest uh, of our soul, and to prepare the way ahead of us. That's difficult sometimes, um, that's unknown to us, but to help us keep walking forward step by step. I'm always looking at, 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 at Jesus and trusting in the Father. Um, Holy Spirit, please be with us. Please give us light. Please give us joy and help us to to get to heaven one day. Amen. Amen. So we are signing out TGIFF. Remember, people, we do not just do. We doomque. God bless you.
What was that? What was that? TGIFF. What was that? Two brothers in row. What was that? What was that? TGIFF. What was that? It's a double F, not a singular F. TGIFF Instagram is TGIFF dot pod squad. Facebook, Instagram, internet. All over.